Welcome to Joiners, the podcast with Tim and Danny, where we ski down Hospitality Mountain. That's right. And carve our way through all of the moguls. And it's a black diamond. <laughs> it's a double black diamond. Double black diamond. Experts only. Danny, are you a good skier? Luckily, we do communicate with experts only on this podcast. That's true. Rest assured that every time you listen, we are talking to it. We are not experts ourselves. Do no, not no, be confused. No, 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 no. Please. <laughs> yeah. yeah, please. No misunderstanding. But no, I, I am curious. Are you, are you a skier? Yeah, I'm a skier. Really? How about you? Did you grow up skiing? I did since I was about five years old. Ski lessons, Bunny Hill? Ski lessons, ski school, uh, the whole shebang. Wow. And now I go like once a year with my cousins. Where do you go? We go to Park City. Oh, fancy boy. Yeah, pretty sweet. And you're hitting those double black diamonds? Uh, you know, moguls just over time for like your knees are just not super fun. Yeah, that's why I never did it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, at this age, it's like we just try to like go really fast carving down, you know, relatively responsible throwing caution to the wind caution to the wind uh yeah there's just no need to like do those super steep bowls anymore i'm a terrible skier i did not grow up skiing i would cross-country ski once a year yeah and, but you uh, do ski it sounds like I, i'm more of an opera ski guy okay yeah. i'm a lounge, I'm a lounge Love guy yeah. Mm. yeah uh hot toddy fireplace maybe a big slice of chocolate cake yeah Chocolate cake. What is the best chocolate cake? You know, some might say that you could find the <laughs> best, the platonic ideal of a chocolate cake at Loaf Lounge, which is where our guest uh, works. You know, she is the owner and she started it along with her husband, Ben. Uh, we're, of course, talking about Sarah Miss Bagel Lustbader. That's right. Culinarian power couple in Absolutely. the Chicagoland area. And uh, also consultant on the bear. Yeah. So we've got lots of great stuff to talk about. We covered a her. lot. Yeah, yeah, it was a good conversation. Covered a lot of ground. My first time meeting Sarah. I feel like we became fast friends. Yep. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Sarah. So yeah, how long has Loaf Lounge been open now? Loaf Lounge has been open for almost four months. Has it flown by? Yes. It's and crazy. that's in the in the storefront version, brick and mortar. Yeah, brick months. and mortar's been about four months. Um if like the weather hadn't changed, I would just think it was last week. Um, but when we opened it was hot and now it's cold. Yeah. So time must have passed. Yeah, that's yes. why it's key to live here versus like LA where the Yeah, are I would seasons. never know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and did you always know you wanted to do it in Avondale? Yeah, as long as we had like gotten really serious about opening a brick and mortar, we'd I'd really been aggressive about Avondale. We'd sort of like entertained a few other neighborhoods, um, and been open to some other spots. But my our dream location was Avondale. Do you guys live near there? We do now. Okay. Um, before we were living on Damon and Armitage, um, and we just at Le Bouchon. Yeah, yeah, we basically just like lived in the French onion soup. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we were living there, and we recently moved like right behind Sleeping Village. Okay, oh, cool. Um, so nice. we were we're in the soup, and now we're in the village. Nice. Love that. But, so w talk us through the start of Loaf Lounge, as kind of a ghost kitchen, or so like the the cute story that Ben and I tell is that like we'd always talked about opening a sandwich shop together. Like he and I worked at Nightwood together, um, and. I remember Ben kind of asking me like what my um, like future plan for myself was, 
And I, at the time, was, like, kind of, like, flexing between, like, I'm not sure if I want to, like, work in, like, fine dining or if I want to open a place or kind of, like, where I, I knew I wanted to be in food service, but I wasn't sure, like, where I felt like I fit there. Um, and he, like, was like, oh, well, I'm going to open a sandwich shop. So if you want to work there, you can. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, guys, great. Were you guys together at this time? No, we had, like just like met and we're working together and getting to know each other like with this back in nightwood days he's saying yeah. I'm so little did you know shop. he was vetting you as yeah. a partner yeah. yeah he was like what are your aspirations yeah, <laughs> yeah. like would you how, <laughs> how do, you do you feel about, about sandwiches, sandwiches? Yeah. um so and i was like yeah sure i'll work at your sandwich shop and like you know thought nothing of it so technically i had committed to this a very long time ago <laughs> okay um and then since then we like became really close friends we started dating we got married um, and then when we were on our honeymoon, we kind of got serious about um, looking for a brick and mortar space. And so that was in October of 2019. Um, and so we like called our real estate agent. And we're like, this is kind of what we're looking for. Gave him an idea of like sort of what our timeline was. Um, and then obviously shortly thereafter the pandemic happened, we kind of like put everything on pause. And then after maybe like, I think like summer-ish, we kind of decided to like reopen um, looking for spaces because- Summer 2020. Yeah. yeah. Um, we just, I don't know, finding a location takes a really long time mm -hmm. and we sort of realized that um, we would still be functioning in some capacity. So we should, we still wanted to move forward with this dream. Um, so yeah, we kind of put him back on the search of uh, locations for us and in the meantime, then we were kind of just like working odd jobs, like helping friends. Um, and then we started doing the pop-ups at Supercana. Um, and then we eventually then did like a larger scale pop-up out of the Bang Bang on Damon space. So okay. do, you, do you think it was advantageous to kind of ease into it? Like, do you think, how do you think the trajectory would have been if you'd opened the brick and mortar right away? Like, did you have um, extended R&D or was yeah. it kind of fish? What was the silver lining? Yeah, the was silver, silver lining, lining was definitely like it, the being at Super kind of felt like an extended R&D period. Mm -hmm. um, like we, we kind of changed some recipes a little bit once we got into our current space because we have a different oven mm -hmm. um, and we're baking a little differently. But we kind of got a feel for like, you know, Supercon is not Avondale, but it's pretty close. So we kind of like got to know like some of the neighbors a little bit and got to know what they were interested in and what their um, what things piqued their interest. Um, and then kind of just do some like straight up like R&D, like how do we make jalapeno cheddar bread? Like how do we make it in like these really big loaves and ha like produce tons of them and stuff like that? What were some items that you served at Supercana that maybe didn't make it all the way to Loaf Lounge? Mm, I'm trying to think. We haven't done a bread bowls yet. There's some stuff that hasn't made it, but I feel like it's kind of like on the docket for someday. Um, like we did, we did some bread bowls and we served soup with it. Like everything was to go then, so we would do like a deli of broccoli cheddar soup and then like a bread bowl of oh, that's cool. Like Asiago cheese, um, like bowl with like carved out for you. Mm -hmm. um, so we haven't done that yet. That's cool. Um, we had a big failure with roasted tomato bread. Hmm. Um, it what turns happened? out there's an enzyme in tomatoes that breaks down, like it basically attacks gluten. Hmm. Oh, um, so whoa. it just doesn't work. Like we made a test, like a really small test at home. Um, and then we're like, oh, this is great. Delicious. Cause we were like, oh, a roasted tomato bread would be really good for like a grilled cheese sandwich. Um, cause whenever we make a bread, we think about like what it becomes then, you know, like yeah. you have the bread and then what sandwich will it be? So we're like, this would be like the ultimate grilled cheese. So we made one at home. It was really good. We made a larger batch and everything was great. It felt fine. 
And then as it was like in the fermentation stage, it started to kind of like, like during one fold, it felt great, like fluffy, like bread usually does. And then the last fold, it just felt like, I don't know, someone had popped a balloon. Like it just had like totally oh, like eased mm. in this really like weird oh, and unnatural wild. way. Huh. Is that like common knowledge or did you stumble no, upon it? No, we just stumbled upon it. I wonder if that could be used, like weaponized to neutralize <laughs> the gluten. And then we like went down this rabbit hole of like what it could be. Um, and Ben has like a really, um, he has like a lot of friends from PQM that he made um, like while he was like doing sausage and charcuterie and stuff there. So then, like, there was a lot of conversations about, like, what enzymes attack different proteins that would, like, keep those bonds from happening. Like, I guess, um, like, ginger does the same thing. Hmm. Um, so we just ended up having a bunch of conversations like that. And, like, somebody that he worked with was like, oh, yeah, like, I think tomato, like, has a similar um, structure. So we're just like, oh, somebody should write a book of, like, everyone writes a book about this is bread that works. Like these are the recipes you can use. And it's like, Oh, someone should write a book about like, yeah, what don't even worry that. about doing this. Like ginger will attack your bread. Stop. Yeah. I'm surprised it's not in food lab. Kenji's yeah. Book. I mean, it might be, I just haven't like, hmm. yeah. Really I feel like baking is the closest it, uh, it can get to uh, chemistry. That yeah. sort of crossover. Cause it's so scientific. Yeah. But yes, so, that was an interesting discovery. <laughs> yeah. What was your education like in the pastry world? Um, I went to, so I grew up in San Diego, um, and I went to culinary school in Orange County, California. Um, when I decided I wanted to go to school for baking and pastry, it wasn't cool yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they weren't offering it at the Art Institute in San Diego. Um, they only offered it at the Orange County campus, so I was working full-time. Was um, like Nancy Silverton in your kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, she was, like, a cool, she was, like, yeah. at the height of her game, like, very cool, and was, like, wow, like, stars in my eyes, I want to be like her. Yeah, like, kind of inspirational figure. Yeah. Um, and who's Nancy Silverton for a tree of um, Like... Is that a character on the OC? Yeah, La Brea Bakery. Um, okay. She's done a lot of, like, Osteria Moza and... Yeah. Pizzeria Moza. She's a big figure in the baking world, uh, in the food world. Yeah, and, and she's, like, California-based as well, mm -hmm. so cool. it was, like, a, like, I don't know. She got talked about a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, oh, but, yeah, so I went there while I was in, like, I was just working and then going to culinary school in the evenings. Um, and, yeah, then I just kind of, I my first job was at, like, a small-scale Whole Foods in San Diego. Mm. Um, and I basically was, like, vegan, gluten-free, like, natural stuff like that. Um and then I moved to Portland. Were you given free reign to come up with recipes there, or you were just executing the recipes they already I had? I was just executing at that point, which okay. was great, because I was fresh out of culinary school. If somebody was like, come up with recipes, I would have like <laughs> totally blown it. Were there tweaks that you made, like thought of for those recipes, or you were like, oh? Like... I was pretty just like tuned into figuring out how, the, how they did stuff, especially because there was like such a focus on like vegan and gluten-free, and I just wasn't familiar with that. Yeah. Um, that I was just fascinated to learn like what the substitutions were for that. Um, towards the end of my time there, I did put a couple recipes on the menu. Um, since it was a small chain, I had to like submit it and then submit it for tasting and then submit it to like the owner and stuff. Okay. Um, so it felt like a a big process to do it. And so I felt very pleased with myself that I yeah. <laughs> got something on there. So was this Whole Foods ahead of the curve? It wasn't, it, was, it wasn't oh, a Whole Foods. It, it, was a whole... A, it was like a Whole Foods. Yes. Oh, it was I, whole... Thought, I thought the same thing. Sorry, I was like sorry. small scale Whole Foods. And I was like, oh no, I got it. Yeah. So a health focus. Yeah, yeah, it was called Jimbo's Naturally. Jimbo's 
ellipses, naturally, exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> now it's called Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Mm. <laughs> so you went from there to Portland. Yeah, and I worked at um, a really big artisan bread production place called Delfina's um, that had been open for a really long time, and they just closed. I think during the pandemic they closed. Um, but they had contracts. What year is this that you're in Portland? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have this. to look at my resume. Yeah, all good, yeah. <laughs> um, but they had contracts with um, Whole Foods and Trader Joe's, and they did all their bread for them. So it was like one of those places that you walked in, and it was probably like, 10 loaf lounges it was huge just like industrial space like tons of those um like big globe mixers mm. like if you've ever seen um six feet under I, i've seen the first season there's like every episode starts with someone dying mm -hmm. and there was one episode that started with someone dying by falling into one of those mixers oh. and i remember working there and just being like this is how i'm gonna die <laughs> like I was here every day when I'm like, this is gonna be it. Well, congrats, you didn't. <laughs> I yeah. didn't. You made it. Yeah, good work. Super alive. Yeah. Um, like very the, much alive. The dish pit was just like the size of our kitchen at Loaf Lounge, and it was like a guy covered in plastic, and he had like a giant like pressure hose. Wow. It was kind of amazing. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so I worked there. Um, moved to Cincinnati, um, and I worked at a place that was a commissary for a restaurant group there at the time. So you're just moving further east yeah, with each step. Did you move to Cincinnati for the job? No, I was dating someone that um, he moved for the job, for a different job. And I was like, oh, well, why not? Yeah, Cincinnati, one of the most attractive People places love of all time. Cincinnati. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you've had Skyline Skyline Chili, Chili yeah. yeah. Yeah, my business partner is from Cincinnati. <laughs> really? Yeah, Mike Morarity. Oh, Mike. Yep. Wild. I knew Jim wasn't. No. <laughs> no, Jim would never. He would, he would hate it if you thought that. <laughs> but yeah, Skyline Chili is a thing, and the se the secret there—not the secret, but their thing—is like the chocolate in the chili. Yeah, it's right? like in like cinnamon, mm -hmm. kind of like a mole, I'm American not... mole. I've had it. I wasn't blown away, but I think if you grow up there, that's like your thing. Yeah, yeah. it was certainly not my thing. I was not into it. Yeah, Tim um... smells like it, but he's only had it one time. <laughs> like uh, chili, yeah, like Skyline Chili. Ooh, burn. <laughs> Ouch, Danny. <laughs> Man. Um, anyway. So, yeah, I ended up in Cincinnati. Um, and from there, we went to visit Chicago once, and I was like, oh, you know what's much cooler than <laughs> Cincinnati? This little town <laughs> called Chicago. Chicago. Um, so then uh, pretty much immediately thereafter moved. Um, I had a little trouble finding a job here because I was looking in bakeries. I don't know why. I just couldn't find a spot. Um, and then I ended up applying. The person I was dating at the time was like, oh, you should – um, apply to restaurants. Like basically what you're doing could be translated to like a pastry production person. Hmm. Um, was the person you're dating a food <clears throat> person as well? Yeah. Um, Christopher DeLee, he's not in the city anymore, um, but he was a chef at the Duck Inn. Oh, cool. Um, okay. For a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, so he was like, oh, just work at, go work at restaurants. Try that. So I applied at MK um, and I ended up getting the job there. It was great though because I, I remember my stage, like the pastry chef that I worked for was Tony Galzin. And he was like, oh, how was your stage? Whatever. Like doing the like end of the night check-in. Um, and I was like, oh, I think it went really good. Like I think for like my first day working in a restaurant, it went really well. And he was like, 
you never worked in a restaurant before? <laughs> and I was like, no, you didn't use my resume? And he's like, I mean, kind of, but like, and I was like, those were all bakeries. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, oh, can you come back? Like, I wasn't Jimbo's really paying was attention to you. So I came back and <laughs> then he hired me. Um, I, it's funny, like, I, of course, can draw like the parallel between pastry and like being in a kitchen in a restaurant and like, you know, production on the bread side. Yeah. Like I see that they're connected, but I wouldn't think that they're that similar that someone could just like become a pastry chef based off of doing, I mean, you'd studied it in culinary school, but without that knowledge, if I had seen that you were like worked in these places on the production side of doing breads, I wouldn't necessarily be like, this person's going to be a dope pastry chef. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought it either. And so, honestly, I'm still very grateful for Chris for encouraging me to do that. Yeah, like, um, was there a learning curve? Yeah, like, what were the holes in your yeah, skill set? So there was definitely a learning curve, and it was good that I was definitely, like, so MK was, like, a big place, like, large operation. Like, Tony needed at least two people down, like, it was a upstairs-downstairs situation. Downstairs with the, was the prep area. So he needed at least two people downstairs prepping with him. Okay. Um. So it was, there were some stuff that was like, oh, great. You know, we're making a really big cake and we're cutting it into lots of tiny, small pieces. And like, that's the thing. And it's getting lots of garnishes. Um, so like, you know, cakes, cookies, like stuff like that was definitely very comfortable for me. But I had no experience like making ice cream or like fluid gels were very cool then. And I didn't know what that was. Like I was familiar with like agar and capicurigenin and things like that as, um, like to use in like vegan baking Mm -hmm. as like thickeners for like soy milk to use that as a milk alternative. Um, so using them as, um, something to like thicken an ingredient that would just go straight on the plate was different for me. Um, but everything felt familiar enough that it was like, Oh, we're weighing things like, you know, they're similar ingredients. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it seems like you learned pretty quick. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And at a high level. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You mastered it one day in. So how, <laughs> yeah, did you rise day. the ranks there? Were you eventually creating dishes for the menus? Um, I was eventually creating dishes for the menus there. I didn't do a ton. Um, I think that I was there for probably two years. Yeah. So the first six months was definitely me like getting my footing and like figuring out what I was doing. Um, and then as I got more comfortable and like Tony had me trained, um, then we were kind of just talking through dishes together. And then towards the end of my time there, I was, um, like tasting stuff out with him and putting it on the menu. Um, and, but then he ended up moving to Nashville. Um, and then when he and his wife moved to Nashville, um, I also left MK and I then went and worked at the Sofitel. Um, I was a pastry sous chef for Leah Malinsky when she was there. Oh, cool. Um, which was super fun. Like hotel environment is weird but i love her and working for her was a lot of events tons of events like tons of like banquets and weddings Mm. and just stuff and you spend so much time like dealing with hr for things like there was a big fight about like if i could have my tattoo showing in the dining room whoa and there was like someone else that was this 1970 (laughs) i'm actually a thousand yes And there was, like, some other chef that would, like, walk in the dining room and his tattoos were showing. And so then they told me that I couldn't have mine. So I fought with – and I was like, wow. So you just had to, like, wear long sleeves? Yeah. Wow. Hmm. So. That's that, crazy. That's bogus. Yeah. It is. Really lame. Huh. So How did were you there? Uh, I was probably only there for, like, nine months. Because I remember feeling like I want to be – I really wanted to be everywhere for at least a year. 
Um, and I was really torn. Like, I loved working for Lee, and I felt like I learned a lot from her. But, like, all of the stuff around it was so ridiculous that I was like, I we're going to give it nine, nine months is fine. Yeah, like <laughs> Nine was, months is fine yeah. here. It was kind of an annoying yeah bureaucratic situation and i think i would have stayed longer except for then the nightwood pastry chef job became available um and i'd always loved nightwood like that was one of the first places i ate when i was in chicago nightwood was um, the best so i was like okay Love well i'll stick around if i can't find if like this doesn't work out but like i'm definitely gonna try and and get this job did you know anyone at nightwood when you applied Mm-mm. you just saw that it was available like on some listing yeah i saw that it was available on I think we were still posting jobs on Craigslist back, yep, back in those days. There culinary. was no culinary agents. Yeah, no culinary is that what it is? Agents. Culinary agents? Yeah, like we still post place, like yeah. everywhere though. I mean, now it's a lot easier, but during the pandemic, you'd still have to post wherever you could because it was so hard to find people. Yeah. Mm. And now we're back to like it being relatively hard versus very, very hard. Yeah, it's back to a, like a normal, the normal hard. Difficulty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. So. So when, what were you hired as? What was the position? Uh, pastry chef. Okay. And like Ben and Jason were around then? Yeah, they were already there. I think it had been open for two or three years by that point. Um, so were all those donuts you? It was JV's recipe, okay. um, but I was the executor of the donuts. Yeah. Um, and then there was... The bacon butterscotch donut that was already there before me that was like an every Sunday thing. Yeah. And then it was basically like bacon butterscotch donut plus whatever you want. Yeah. Um, so I would um, do all those. Yeah. We would always sample on Sundays. It was always like a highlight to go there. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a treat that was. One of those places that no longer exists. Yeah. Another era. Yeah. I know. I feel so old that like basically nowhere I've worked still is open anymore. <laughs> like the Sofitel still open, but like. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get any experience? Was it like you were a part of the hotel or was the restaurant really its own thing? Like, did you get to peek behind the curtain of, what it, of how a hotel operates? It was, I was on the, I was technically employed by the hotel mm-hmm. and I did mostly stuff for like banquets and for stuff like that. Um, Lee is smart and organized, so a lot of her stuff was cross-utilized. So you'd make 12 bat- or like twelve quarts of chocolate cremeau, um, but that wasn't just for the dinner menu. It was like a little bit goes here, mm-hmm. and then a little bit of it goes in a pot of creme for banquets. So a lot of it was just like you make a huge batch of stuff, and then you allocate it yeah, you know, that's okay, into different yeah. spots. That's resourceful, smart. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Economies of scale. That's right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so what was Nightwood like when you started working there? Um, it was really fun. I loved it. Um, it was, I felt really good about having like pushed myself to want to pursue like applying for the job and doing the tasting and all that stuff because it was, you know, everything I wanted it to be yeah. um, and more. Like I loved working for JV. I loved working with Ben. Um, I loved my coworkers. Everyone there was, I mean, we were human and we fought over pots and. Yeah, but you couldn't do it loudly <laughs> since that kitchen was yeah. open. You it learned was... how to probably work and communicate very efficiently and quietly. Yeah, and it was interesting because I was the always the first person in, um, and I would leave usually like during the middle of service because there wasn't like a pastry station specifically. Like the person on Garmo did the pastry pickup. So I would I would work on like weekend nights, mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't stay on like a Wednesday or anything. Yeah, would you, and you'd probably be there for brunches. 
I actually wasn't there for brunch. Oh, that's so a I win. I had like the real princess schedule. <laughs> Big win. Ben did brunch. Wow. <laughs> so did he mess with your stuff? No, he would never. He is a true <laughs> professional. <laughs> he would like send photos and pretend that he did, and then he'd oh, be like, I'm, yeah, no, just I kidding. <laughs> Joiner's podcast is brought to you by PartyCan. PartyCan is a premium batched, large format, full flavored cocktail that uses high end liquor, real juice, real ingredients. It's all natural, gluten free. It's 12 drinks in a single can. And guess what? That can actually floats. You can take it to the beach, the pool, on the boat, camping, hiking, to the game, everywhere you go. It is recyclable and reusable. It's a party in a can and everyone's invited. Party Can is available at multiple retailers around Chicago, around the country, and you can always go to drinkpartycan.com to find a local store or have one shipped to you or a friend. And now, back to our interview. What were the other neighborhood spots at that time? Because I mean, they kind of put a flag down early. Um, I mean, the first one that opened was uh, prayer, the 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 pies the oh pleasant house pleasant house yeah pleasant house pleasant was house, there yeah. um i was just there last week that yeah. was like pleasant the only house. i mean there wasn't really much other yeah than pleasant that. house was there maria's i mean and even that's like a little bit of a stretch like yeah maria's, it wasn't yeah, maria that's... no you were before weren't, weren't you before maria's i honestly don't even yeah the skylark i mean skylark there. i was gonna say yeah. it was a classic the skylark and the yeah. tots were there yep skylark's um, great yeah, because I remember working there for, it was like at least a year, a year and a half in, and Dusex was opening. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, think they all were that stuff like was one of the first big like pulls other yeah. than mm-hmm. Nightwood. Yeah, Dusex was like an inflection point, I feel like. Yeah. My yeah. wife, when I met her, was living in that building when it was still owned by the bank. Oh, yeah. I had some friends that lived in that building, too. It was, it was stunning. Unit. Yeah. Like, and then like it got it bought and her rent like tripled. Yeah, that's kind of probably the reason we're together. She moved in with me, <laughs> and uh, like, but she had a, they had an now. amazing unit. It's like two floors, rooftop view of the city. Yeah, the whole thing I think was like eighteen hundred bucks or something. It was awesome, three bedroom. Man, that's crazy. That is yeah. Sweet. yeah. Um. So when did the relationship between you and Ben start? Not until like way after Nightwood. Wow. Because he is a true professional. He did not want to date wow. somebody that he worked with. And, hmm. um, Took the high road like David like, Posey. Timing yeah. always right. kind of felt a little weird. And like there were moments where I would be like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to like tell Ben that I'm into him. And then I was like, no, this is weird because I'm oh, going to so be. there was tension like yeah. you guys yeah. knew. Yeah. So then I'm, and I would like, you know, again, like work myself up like I'm going to do this. And then I'd be like, no, because it'll be weird because I'm still stuck with him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if, if he doesn't reciprocate wow. this. Wow. So how many and years after? It was probably like. What? What was the catalyst? I well, I'd moved away, hmm. so he and I worked together, and then I kind of knew that Ben and JV were parting, and they were gonna go split off and do what would eventually become Giant. Yeah. Um, and then at the time, I was dating somebody, and we decided to move to St. Louis. Um, there was talk of me being on the opening team of Giant, um, and then the St. Louis thing became an option, so we I went and did that. Um, that person and I split up. I moved back to Chicago because Chicago is the best. Yeah. Um, and then almost immediately, then Ben and I got together. Hmm. Um, wow. He was just sitting here waiting. Just chilling. Yeah. Just working hard, <laughs> waiting. Where, where, where she loves me, she loves me not. St. Louis. 
Um, I worked at a place called 801 Fish, um, and I worked at a place called Farmhouse. Okay. I don't know, know if either of those came up with in our St. Louis conversations with uh, Paul Verant. Yeah. St. Louis native. That's oh, right. that's right. I always yeah. forget that he's a, a St. Louis native. Yeah, yeah he had Smokehouse, did you make it over to Smokehouse? It's like been there since like the 30s. I think it's more of a suburban spot. But I don't think so. That's, St. Louis is so confusing because there's yeah. like the city and the county and people be like, you got to go to this place. And I'm like, oh, it's in the county. And <laughs> yeah. then it's like 45 minutes away and it's like, I'm not. So how long was that stint down there? Uh, that was like a year and a half. And that was long enough. Yeah. And that was, I liked it. Like I have friends there and I would go back um, if I had time, but it's not. Yeah. It's what, not home the way Chicago became home. And then when you came back to Chicago, did you work with Ben at this point again? I or did. Or you just started dating? I worked with him, which is funny because I was like, oh, we wouldn't, we didn't date when we were at yeah, Nightwood. but then you did But date. I yeah. were like, Mer. Um I started working at Giant, um, just kind of like, I was like a little frantic, like I was like moving back. Um, this relationship had ended and I was like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of all of this. Yeah. Um, so I messaged Ben and I was like, would it, any chance that I could work at your restaurant? And he was like, yeah, sure. Um, so then he was like, for real, like, let me talk to JV and like, we'll like figure out like where we'd put you. But, um, they had space for me on the AM prep team. I basically like covered all of the pastry production. Um, and then like jumped in with little bits of stuff that I felt like fit into my, yeah. Um, ability and skill set. Um, and yeah, then Ben and I started dating. And then I was like, I should not be working with a person that I am dating. I am going to go. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> so how did like Giants operations compare to, you know, Nightwood or Sofitel or MK even? Like what was the vibe of the, the Jason and Ben helmed spot? Versus... It kind of just felt like grown up Nightwood. Yeah. You know, like it, the two of them had worked together for so long. Like they definitely had like systems in place and they had an established like the way they wanted a kitchen to run and the way they wanted it to feel. Um, and like there were a lot of people that had worked at Nightwood that were still there. Yeah. Um, so probably at that point, like 80% of the kitchen staff was from Nightwood. Oh, wow. Um, and like it was not in a huge staff, but like. A lot of them I had already met, like I'd already worked with them before, so I felt really comfortable going back there with them. Um, nothing really compares to the Sofitel in a, in a good way. Um, <laughs> you could have tattoos at all the other yeah. spots. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Um, so where do you go after after Giant? Um, after Giant, then I went to Sepia and Proxy. Oh, cool. Um, so that was kind of the other thing that was like I kind of was feeling like. I should probably not be working in the same space as Ben. Um, and Proxy had already opened by the time you went over there? It or? hadn't opened yet. Okay, you were opening it. Yeah, they had hired me on with the intention of that I would be the the opening pastry chef. Um, but yeah, so that also felt like a good opportunity because, I don't know, Giant was fine and it was great, but like they didn't need a pastry chef, you know? Yeah. Um, so then I, and I hadn't like known Andrew, uh, Chef Andrew from CP and Proxy kind of just like socially. Um, so I had like a, not sense of ease. I was definitely like very nervous to impress him. Um, but I felt like, oh, like I have like some kind of rapport. Like I don't yeah. feel weird, like just like throwing out my resume to you. Um, but yeah, so I did that tasting and it went great. And I worked so there for what are, years. what's like a prompt for a tasting? Um, I feel like it's usually pretty standard to do like three or four desserts, like usually like a chocolate thing, a citrus thing, a cream based thing. Um, he wanted me to do 
kind of whatever I wanted for three and then a fourth one kind of think about something that would be more for proxy. So it was basically, it was weird because I was doing a tasting for two restaurants mm. and one didn't exist yet. Did you know the proxy concept enough to yeah. do that fourth option? And it didn't have a name yet. Um, it was just Sister Global Restaurant. Um, so there were just kind of, I think I'm like plated it more fanciful than proxy ended up being yeah um but he was kind of thinking like you know use flavors and kind of be inspired by what this restaurant will be was this your first tasting kind of audition for a gig no this was my third one i did one for the pa- i actually did one for the pastry chef job at mk okay um, and that was my very first one so, um, oh three so, loaves of bread yeah <laughs> <laughs> well not for the the job that i ended up getting but when tony left oh, oh i did oh, taste for it. his job they were like all right let's um, see what you got yeah and I ended up getting really good feedback. Um, Michael and Lisa gave me great feedback. They said that the food was amazing, but I had no management experience in a restaurant. So they went with someone that did have management experience. Yeah. Um, and then I did a tasting for Nightwood. Okay. Um, and then, so that was my third. Yeah. Where was your first taste of management experience? Uh, my first restaurant management, I mean, MK was weird because... Tony hired me as an assistant, and then when he left, he was like, you were absolutely my sous chef. Like, put that on your resume, tell that to people, like, that's the job you did. Um, so, I don't know. I, it sounds weird to be like, I'm a natural leader. But, like, <laughs> I kind of am. Like, I yeah. just sort of, like, I don't know. I did the job, and I sort of just assumed that role. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then officially my first management, I guess, would have actually been at Sofitel. Hmm. Um, but I was a manager at, like, retail spots when <laughs> Yeah. Like, what retail spots? Well, my first job was at Hot Topic, <laughs> and oh. I was an assistant store manager. Well, that explains all the tattoos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that explains the natural leadership abilities. Yeah. And then yeah. when I was in culinary school, I worked at an ophthalmologist's office, and I managed the, the doctor's office. Sure. Okay. So you're always very responsible. Yeah. Super responsible. I love filing things, yeah. organizing, refilling from back stock, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And love that. <laughs> so. <laughs> How, so you said you were at um, Proxy CPA for three years mm-hmm. and then pandemic and all that stuff. Yeah, I kind of in this like splash of weird timing. So Ben and I had decided in like October of 2019 that we're going to push forward and open our own spot. So I was like, okay, I think it would make sense for me to like kind of get familiar with bakery stuff. Because at this point I'd been away from bakeries for a really long time. So I had talked to Bobby Schaefer from Lost Larson and talked to him about going on to his bread team. Hmm. Um, and we decided that it'd be best for me to transition in January because then I could give Andrew like a nice long notice, start at a time that it was slow. So I started at Lost Larson in January, 2020. Okay. Um, so I had a sweet three months there. When it was before. the OG location or yeah. okay, before Wicker Park? Yeah, open. before Wicker Park. Yeah. That's, that was also incredible time. Just like, yeah, so solid. Yep, a lot of highlights in, in here. So when you talk, because you talked about opening a sandwich, I mean, the, one of the first conversations you had was about, hey, I want to work at my sandwich shop. Yeah. Was there a, a pretty concrete idea there, or how did the concept evolve over time? And I guess even from the decision to move forward in 2019 to the to the point of, like, beginning to serve food and then opening brick and mortar. Yeah. It kind of started, I mean... Obviously, it started from that first conversation, but then, like, when we got more serious about it, we talked about it in a way of, like, how would we spend more time together? Because, like, if you don't work, like, we talked about, like, we don't want to work in the same restaurant with each other that someone else owns, 
but otherwise like you don't see each other yeah, um, mm-hmm. in food service so the best way for us to do that was to like create our own space um and we both have very natural like positions in that space so yeah like what yeah run us through like a day of loaf lounge and who does what between you two so right now we're getting in super early because we're a little short staffed what is super early is um so usually around like two or three whoa um whoa. two that is on the weekends super early. yeah on sundays no it's just me so i'm doing the bread bake and the pastry bake um so it's definitely two on sundays Whoa. I didn't even know there was a 2 a.m. Oh, yeah. They have it. And it's not just when the bar is closed. We're across from Mother's Ruin. Yeah, I saw you work. guys at Mother's Ruin. When we get to work, yeah. it's like still people actively at the yeah. bar. Oh, yeah. Well, I saw you at Mother's Ruin on the other side, like after work. Oh, after yeah, that's work. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like such a trip. I because love Because that was the end of your day. Yeah. But obviously the beginning of most, you know. Yeah, most people are just like getting started. Yeah. And I love Mother's Ruin anyways, but bless them for being there and like they're open all the time they always have food yep. like it's not weird for me to go over there at like three o'clock in the afternoon and have a shot yeah <laughs> love that so you start at two and then when are you out um the goal is two to two um but who knows are you delirious <laughs> by the end of it yes only some, I mean, some days. And what is Ben's schedule? Uh, Ben's schedule is the same. Okay. Um, we have three dogs at home, and so for one person to sleep in, it's, like, kind of not worth it because then you have to, like, do the whole morning routine with the dogs by yourself. So for the most part, it's, like, oh, it's easier for me to just, like, get up and go with you and get ahead on my stuff. So um, I'm the one that's kind of in a short staffing space right now, but he was, uh, I don't know, three months ago yeah. or so. And I was doing the same thing. It was just like I was going in early with him. It was easier. And what's he working on that does not overlap with you? Um, so he is primarily like he's like spearheading the like savory program. And then I'm kind of like bread pastry world. Okay. Um, and so he kind of, um, it's weird. I kind of wish that I had shown you the kitchen, but it's like all the, I guess you might have seen it because it's like open. Mm-hmm. So the hotline is is front facing. There's a little bit of an open kitchen. You can definitely see them. And then it's like a straight shot back through yeah. into like pastry land um, where there's like a big wooden prep table where we it's do like all the bread. It's like straight to the right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, wait, so are we catching you at this delirious end of your insane day? Yes. I left work, <laughs> oh had a yeah. shot, and here <laughs> I am. So this might be a bonkers podcast. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> like, after I sat down, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I might say some weird stuff. No, but... no, it's great. So we... what's, after a t- two, if you get off, if you do a two to two, mm-hmm. what is the rest of your day like? Um, so usually it's like, we have a dog walker, so a dog walker will come and okay. like take care of the dogs during the middle of the day. Um, that was my main concern. You know, are the babies okay? <laughs> the babies are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but usually it means leave work, go home, take care of the dogs, and then like stare at each other and be like, what are we going to eat? Um, I am still trying to make time for running. Like I am an avid runner and I've done four marathons and I'm like that flavor of crazy. Which ones did you do? All Chicago. Oh, cool. Because um, cool. I can make time to train for a marathon, but I can't make time to travel. Um, did so you win it all it four times? I did. Wow. It's very embarrassing for all the others who <laughs> yeah. competed, but they they still keep doing it. I keep doing it. It's good for all of us, the city. What's what's the best time that you uh, I think my best time was four hours, is, which is like not you, great. Okay. That's it's just solid. like a... I mean, it's impressive that you did it at all. Yeah. 
and four times is yeah. even more impressive. And three out of four of those I was, was when I was working at CPN Proxy. Wow. Um, like I remember during my tasting, talking to Andrew and Emmanuel Noni who owns the restaurant. And they're like, oh, kind of like, what are your terms? Like, do you need Tuesdays off? Like, what life stuff do we need to anticipate with you? You're like a new um, pair of Nike running shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Once well, every three months. I was like, I'm training for the marathon, so I need time off to run. And they're like, what does that mean? <laughs> You're like, just 10 hours a day. Yeah, it's I'm cool. like, I just need, like, some During daylight service. somewhere. And they're like, okay. Yeah. But there were, like, I would, then I started running to work was what made the most sense. Oh. So, basically, all of my long runs, I would run to work. Um, and then I, like, I had, like, a, a locker that was, like, filled with, like, all the, like, wilderness, like, shower wipes. Yeah, <laughs> And, like, yeah. extra clothes. Yeah. And I would, like, stand in the walk-in. And like cool down. <laughs> Just dump sweat on all the food that was in the walk-in. The food was safely away. It was fun. <laughs> what, what spurred that? Was anyone else, like no other team members were running with you? This is like, this is a you thing. Yeah, it was a me thing. I'd already signed up before I had gotten the CPN proxy job. But you'd been wow. running your whole life. Um, I only started running probably in like 2012. Hmm. Um, my mom was an avid runner and she passed in 2011. Okay. Um, so it was definitely a like connection, connection to her. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. And then I just like went really hard. Like cool. kind of when I, it sounds cheesy, but when I moved back to Chicago, I was kind of like, all right, there's some Chicago that I would have felt sad if I didn't get to experience. Um, and I always wanted to run the marathon. I always wanted to date Ben. Yeah. Um, You're just so doing like, it all. I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. The list is checked off. Yeah. Have you sustained any injuries from marathon training, running? No, nothing major. Like, there's been some, like, you need to do this stretch more because it, you know, this little muscle is inflamed, but... That's pretty lucky. I've gotten really lucky. I feel like my right knee at some point. Danny and I have both. We're both Peloton. Well, Danny doesn't use his, but uh, (laughs) Peloton havers. Yeah, uh, (laughs) they call them spingeries. I'm I'm nursing a spingery right now. I got a sore (laughs) hip. But yeah, I I just just, like played everything my whole life, and uh, it yeah, it hasn't like held me back. But I feel like just on the verge of injuries. Yeah, that's kind of how Ben is. Like he ran. We didn't do last year's marathon, but we did the year before. Um, he ran it with me. And he is, like, he hasn't gotten any, like, major injuries, but he's, like, kind of always on the cusp. Like, he, yeah. he's a little creaky. He, like, his knees aren't excellent. Yeah. He played soccer and, yeah, like, exactly. tore his ACL when he was in high school. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. Very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like I live on the cusp of a serious yeah, injury. Yeah, cuspy injury. And if you don't take a day off, I feel like if you if I don't rest at the right time, I would go over the threshold into like being really messed yeah. up yeah that's exactly how he is and so i just, just like kind of barrel through I, yeah. I like it's probably gonna we change channel in, like, Sarah. in like a month i'm probably gonna be like just kidding well yeah when you come back on the pod and you come in here and you're full body cast yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i've made a terrible mistake but for yeah. now everything's great <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Geneva. Danny, what is Geneva? Well, Tim, I'm glad you asked. Geneva is a European spirit with a wide range of flavors and lots of personality. It always uses malt spirit and juniper and other botanicals, so some would place it somewhere between gin and whiskey. It can be floral and bright like gin or round and malty like whiskey. Whatever your preference, there's a Geneva out there for you. Even me? Even you, Tim. This campaign is financed with aid from the European Union. So you kind of have carved out your roles within Low Flounge. Um, who does, like, 
I assume there's got to be some conflict in terms of like determining what the place is going to look like, how it's going to operate, it who to hire. Really smooth. Do um, you each just do totally separate stuff? We do it. We do almost everything as everything is a conversation as a team, and then it's like, okay, we've decided who's going to execute these things. Um, like Ben didn't feel. But when you're like, I want the logo to be purple, and Ben's like, nope. You know, no, he, want... he was so easy with the design stuff because he loves bright colors. Yeah. Like, he likes things to be, like, fun. Like, he's, like, we're, we come from, like, medium serious chef backgrounds. Like, we're serious about this as a career path, but I don't want this to look, like, stuffy, yeah, stuffy or weird. Yeah. Like, we kind of well, got versions seems... of our logos back from our designer for the first round, um, and they were, like, they looked very, like, modernist cuisine, like, very, like, black and white and, like, intense. And we both were just like, this is great, but not for us. Seems like you're just on the same page. Yeah. We got really, really lucky with that. And there were some choices that I made that I had to convince him that it was the right choice. Um, just because he was like, I don't have the thing in me where if you say, like, imagine this wall blue. He's like, I can't. Just imagine it blue. Like, I, I need, need to see, to see it. it. Yeah. Um, so there were a couple times where I had to be like, I promise it's going to be good. Um, and then when it was blue, he's like, wow, this is great. Yeah. Um, so. That's sweet. At what point were you contacted by the bear? Um, that was before we opened. I was actually working at Aya then. Okay. Um, that was one of my like On grand. piece it together. Yeah. Make mm -hmm. it happen jobs. And that was great. Everyone there was wonderful. And that was like the perfect like bakery experience for me at the time. Cause it was like, I was doing bread, um, three days a week and doing like croissants two days a week. So it was, it was exactly like the, I don't know, what I needed right before opening a bakery, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Do you think they're bummed that Publican Bakes, Publican Quality Bread is right there? They announced they were opening there like right as I was leaving. And I'm like, I know no one's going to say anything, but I bet we don't love this. I mean, I wouldn't love it. No matter <laughs> yeah. how much you love of course not, someone yeah. else, you know, and root for them. You well, still my don't want my them office to like... is a few blocks from there and it's a food desert. So any new opening, we're like, thank yeah, God. Yeah, you're like, Another finally. option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a tough one. Like someone opens something that's very yeah. similar yeah. to what you have and, you know. Yeah, were you pissed when uh, Moonlighter opened up a crate across the street from Scoffle? <laughs> we <laughs> just cannibalized our own business. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So how how did that conversation go? Like someone came in, they were like scouting for a consultant. It was much side. more casual than that. Um, a friend of mine just like sent me a message on Instagram, and she was like, "Oh, my partner is working on this TV show, and they need a pastry consultant. They're looking for someone that." has like bread experience but also has like fine dining experience and i immediately thought of you um so if you're interested reach out to brayden that's cool um oh. so i did and like i'm used to like doing these tastings and like selling myself being like here's my resume and like yeah, you know they were just cool yeah like here buy it and like i went on this zoom call with like the director and the creator and like all these people that i'm like intimidated by it i'm like you're really cool yeah um and i'm like getting ready to pitch myself i'm like oh do you like want me to walk through my resume and chris door is like no <laughs> <laughs> he's like if you say you can do it you can i'm like oh that's sweet you believe in me that's weird <laughs> yeah that's really cool so what, what did that role look like what were you essentially a consultant but yeah how like what was your day-to-day -day, or what was the commitment it was weird 
I think that I, I, this is the only TV show I've ever worked on, so I don't know if this is an accurate reflection of what working in this industry is like, but it felt a lot like kitchen work where they're like, it's probably going to be like this. And this is probably going to be your schedule. And like, this is what I think we need. And then they would like text you last minute and be like, oh, actually we need this. And it's on this day and it's a little later. So it was like a lot of like, um, go with the flow. Yeah. Um, but they had told me right away that they needed a character. Like there was gonna be a character that was pastry focused. Um, and that he was going to start his arc being like interested, but not very skilled. And that, and then by the end of it, he would kind of, you'd see him sort of like, um, mastering the things that he was doing. And so they emphasized the chocolate cake and the donut. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were like kind of the beginning, the first cake you do should kind of be inspired by like Portillo's. Um, and then the last chocolate cake that you do should be, um, more elegant looking. And so we settled on like a chocolate mirror glaze. Okay. Because um, it felt like fancy, but then like reasonable, like that a person that works at a beef shop would be able to do that and would want to do that. Hmm. That's cool. So yeah. like you knew what you were doing. I mean, they had given you like the chocolate cake and ahead of time. Yeah. Like they gave me like their like vision board. Like there was a donuts vision board and there was a cake vision board. Nice. <laughs> Who's your ideal donut? Your, been... I mean, your own, I guess. No, that's not true. Um, I've really been thinking a lot about apple fritters lately. Mm, so like old fashioned donuts? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the number I've, one. I've been thinking about them basically since we filmed the bear. Like one of the first like conversations I had with one of the directors was that like she's from LA. It'd be cool to include them and somehow. She, and what's that? It'd be cool to include them somehow. I know. I'm like, but they have like no interest in attention <laughs> or, you know, it's yeah. They're a, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, one of the first conversations that we had is she was like, oh, man, we just went to this place, like old fashioned donuts. It was so great. Like you can see them in the windows, like glazing yeah. stuff and all mm-hmm. this. And I'm like, I've basically been thinking about apple fritters since then. Yeah. I don't know why I haven't just gone and like driven to get one. But yeah, you have to we, get there really early. And well, yeah, it's just get a, one. And I, I mean, yeah, it's a really. long journey. Yeah, um, it's a commitment. But you can they freeze, too. So you can get a bunch and then freeze them yeah. and stuff. Do you have donuts in your freezer right now? Uh, Ronnie actually told me that that tr- that tip a long time ago. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> OFD was like a big deal um, in terms of like exploring all the different, you know, facets or gems of the city. Is this yeah. the one on the south side? Yeah. yeah. Is it in Beverly? It's not in Beverly. It's uh, way further east of that. Oh. It's like... Uh, it's on Michigan, but not. Yeah, but like. <laughs> yeah, like Michigan in 106. Or yeah, something. so I'm doing it the harder way, and I've been making apple fritters at work. Oh, cool. Um, Are you going to sell them at Low Flown? I want to, yeah. I have like a weird Can thing I about. Can put a pre order in? <laughs> How big is your freezer? How many do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, He's yeah. walk in. It's so good. I would love some. When yeah. is it coming? I don't know. I've got like a weird thing about like selling stuff that's already been fried. Yeah. You know, because when you fry it first, it's, like, oh, really I, great, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, perfect and made of magic. And then when it sits, like, the grease sort of, like, reabsorbs. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out, like, when is it, like, how many can I make and have them still be good? Like, how long should I let it sit for? So right now we're kind of doing the, like, you make a donut and you just, like, let it sit for. To see how. Yeah, and then, like, every hour you eat a piece of it. And you're yeah. seeing like how it's I mean, changing. And a fritter, I feel like, keeps for a long time. They keep longer than most donuts yeah. do. Um, but like the giant, or the giant, the Nightwood donuts were the same thing. They fried them to order. I mean, they, they were do, like, really batches. special donuts at Nightwood too. But it's like, that's how you get a thing that's really special. And it's, it's like, I don't want to give I mean, people things that are yeah. like 
this is fine. You should have had, had like, it four donut, in the morning when she made it, though. The donut <laughs> hole was like served on top of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember it. Is a cake donut more shelf stable than a yeast donut? I think so, yeah. I would think so, too, yeah. I, would I feel like stop. they reabsorb less grease. Yeah. I would always stop at uh, Krispy Kreme when the sign is oh, lit, yeah. hot, fresh. Oh, yeah. Those, you could just have a million of those donuts. They're so good. I could put down a dozen. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. As a kid, when one came to L.A., it wasn't even L.A. It was, like, near L.A. Yeah. And people would drive to get them, and they were, like, just all the rage for a, a period of time. Yeah. yeah. I definitely remember it that. Because they came to San Diego when I was still living there. Yeah. And there was, like, a like a punk venue hmm. near where the Krispy Kreme opened. So we would all try yeah. the Krispy Kreme first, which is like so gross. Like <laughs> people of Krispy Kreme and then like get in the mosh yeah, pit. Yeah, mosh like, Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Being you young can, is cool. Yeah, you can burn <laughs> off those calories though. Um, so are you going to do work with them on the next season? I hope so. Um, I emailed them pretty much right when they said that the season, that they'd been renewed for another season. And um just kind of did the like thanks so much i enjoyed working with you like if there's anything you need for the future yeah. um please reach out to me whether it's catering or scouting locations or whatever blah 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 um and the creator got back to me right away and said that he'd be in touch and that they also enjoyed working with me and that um That's we cool. would talk soon so nice. yeah it's right around the time fingers crossed they we started we filmed last year in like february so i'm kind of hoping that yep, you're starting again in february confirmed yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, the, the props director definitely likes me. And yeah. she she called me like a couple days before Loaf Lounge opened and gave me a very sweet, unprompted pep talk. So. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, we had nice. Eric Frankel in the set deck. Oh, um, nice. And he's, his episode yeah. will come Yeah, out. he had just yeah. signed on that morning. Yeah. yeah. I think his oh, episode's nice. coming out on Monday. Yep. Yeah. It's cool to peek behind the curtain. And to clarify, you can get that cake at, uh, at oh, Loaf yes. Lounge. Oh, yes. You can get the cake at Loaf Lounge. What is the most popular item at loaf lounge the chocolate cake really you sell more of it than anything else we i'd have to check the numbers for now when we first opened like ben and i had this like fake you know rivalry because oh between like yeah yeah because it was always like somewhere neck and neck between the chocolate cake and the sausage breakfast sandwich yeah. Um, and we had like a food writer ask us like if Ben felt threatened by my chocolate cake. <laughs> so we'd like pull the P mix. I'd be like, "Are you threatened by this?" <laughs> you should ice him with it. Like you should just show it to him unexpected, and he has to eat it every time you show it to him. I mean, he still would. He loves chocolate cake. Like, yeah. He'd be like this is a weird waste of product, but that's fine. <laughs> what's your favorite thing uh, that he makes, and what's uh, his favorite thing that you make? My favorite thing that he makes. It's probably the sausage breakfast sandwich, just like everybody else. So good. <laughs> it's really, really, really good. It really, really good. is, yeah. Um, and the smoked, the um, the cured salmon is really amazing, too. Haven't had it yet. Uh, it's really, really good. I haven't had either. Yeah. We'll Next go after this. Yeah. That's like the thing that I, I don't know, whenever I see like a fancy salmon toast, I'm like, yeah. that's what I want. Like, yeah. have you ever been to Justa in LA? Yeah, of course. It's like, I don't know, it's like Justa food. I don't yeah. want to eat that Yeah, Justa with a GJ. Yeah. Juista. Yeah, it's Add very it confusing spelling. Very confusing, very delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, wait, and what's his what's his favorite thing that you make? Uh, chocolate crinkle cookie. Is that there? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's our dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've had <laughs> who, that either. Who does the cooking at home? Do you guys cook at uh, home? Mostly Ben does. We do cook at home only by, like, I've been like, oh, my gosh, I've eaten so much bar food. Like, I need to eat at home. And we've kind of reached the compromise of that he's like, I don't mind cooking, but I don't want to think about what I'm making. Yeah. Like, I'm so tired at the end of the day mm -hmm. that I can't look at a fridge and do the, like, what will inspire me? What will I make? So he's told me that if I do grocery shopping and, like, have a, like, we're making 
you know, fried rice with beef. Yeah. And I have those things, then he will happily make them. Um, Is it like second nature to him? Like he could just take whatever and make an amazing meal out of it? Yes, absolutely. Like it's it's kind of different at the end of the day when we're all fried, but like yeah. on... And you're going to bed at 6 p.m.? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God willing. I love a 6 p.m. bedtime. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're waking up at <laughs> one, it's, third, one it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. He needs a little bit less sleep than I do, or he functions a little better than I do with less sleep. Yeah. But I'm like, it is three minutes until our bedtime. <laughs> yeah, I'm, to, I'm the same way at home. <laughs> I, yeah, when Ellie's like wanting to watch a show, but she's like, I'm going to go do some stuff. I'm like, if you want to watch a show, that's cool. We got to start it now. Yeah. And if, you, and if it's not now, that's fine. We don't need to watch it. But I can't like wait around for yeah, 30 the window minutes is... to start it. And then I'm like going to sleep and I'm going to be tired all day tomorrow. That no be, good. We could not watch uh, The Bear at night because by at the end of the episode, I'd be so fired up. It's such a stressful <laughs> show. Tim would be in the kitchen just a, cooking a bunch of things. That was a morning watch. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a that's a start your day. <laughs> now here's kind of a weird question: What do your dogs eat? Do you guys ever have you explored making like oh high end dog food? Too tired. My mom like gets Shake Shack for her dog. It, it's insane. Really? Yeah, she's a crazy person. Yeah, the dogs just eat dog food. With dogs. That's crazy. Um, her dog deserves uh, Culver's. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're in LA, and my mom will like get burgers to feed to their dog. It's outrageous. My mom used to do that too with our German Shepherd. Yeah. I can't That's relate, <laughs> but you guys might be able to relate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I for sure can relate to that. How many course meals do you cook for your dogs? Well, my sister Liz is a phenomenal cook. She she was making food for her dog for a while. And I think if you, I mean, if you have one dog, it's hard, but like you have three dogs, you're both culinary minded yeah. people. I thought maybe you would have taken that plunge but yeah i guess you're so focused on human food that yeah i think it, like if we somehow became millionaires and we were just like at home all it's the time so we would um but right now we're just like we order it on chewy it's on subscribe and save it yeah. just appears yeah. at our door uh, yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah. that's the real reason we invited you in today <laughs> like, <laughs> i was just dying to know yeah gourmet dog i was gonna place an order <laughs> but, uh, never mind uh one thing we haven't gotten to quite yet uh, but would be interesting to to learn is you know, how, what kind of advice would you give to someone trying to pursue a similar path? In pastry? Yeah. In pastry and maybe in entrepreneurship. Yeah. Entrepreneurship. Marathon running. (laughs) Yeah. Great relationship. I mean, I feel like all of it is basically just like, it takes a long time. Like it's a lot of little steps that lead up to one big thing. And even when you're at what feels like the pinnacle of your career, or the, you know, doing the thing you feel like you want to do, like, I don't know, sometimes it still doesn't feel real, you know, like, mm-hmm. I love Low Flounge, I'm so proud of what we built, but, like, I don't know, it's only felt like my restaurant, like, once. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. not because someone's telling me it's not, but because you, I don't know, you just get so focused on the thing that you're doing, um, and we've been working in restaurants for years that usually I'm just like, oh, I'm just at work, and then I'm like, oh, Ben and I own this, like, this is our restaurant. Yeah, I, I can relate. And, like. For sure. I just feel like also this is like a really great and like wonderful career for anyone that really wants it. But like, if you have any hesitations, if you feel like this is not for you, just go. This is not, it's probably yeah, not. It's not for the family. Like, of heart. there's a lot of things that are desirable and there's a lot of things that are really undesirable. Um, and a lot of the things that are undesirable are just the nature of the job and they won't change. Yeah. So I think that if people are doing this and they feel like it's um, going to be for fame or for glory or for something other than just, I love this. It's probably not a good fit. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but the industry is changing a lot and I think that a lot of that change is for good and I think that um, people that do want to do this and want to make it a career should think about like what their clear boundaries are and make sure they're taking care of themselves because um, there's a lot of things that um, I don't know we I come from a generation where we definitely worked ourselves too hard and came in when we were sick and did things that we shouldn't have um, and I I don't know, I would have liked to have had a more clear boundary and stood up for myself a little bit, you know, and been like, oh, I actually am too sick to go to work today. And um, working seven days in a row is actually not a thing that I wanted to do before. <laughs> yeah. Kind of drawn some lines for myself. Absolutely. Yeah. Has that kind of um, dictated how you manage to, are you more understanding of, of like personal lives or you know what other things your staff, like are you, are you tuned into the mentality or? I definitely try to be. Um, like it's you know, it's impossible to say like, or I think it would be naive to say, yes, I definitely am, but mm -hmm. I definitely try to be. Um, like I, I feel like my staff is like the bread pastry team is pretty small. So it's easy to like be tuned into like, you know, what their ideal schedules are and like what they want to do on the weekends and things like that. And, um, I think that I've made a space where people feel safe being saying like, I don't feel good today. I have to go home and, um, you know, kind of feeling like, it's work, but like we do each other favors, you know, like mm -hmm. if someone wants to leave early because they have a thing that they want to do, like we all pitch in and take care of the thing so they can do, you know, the thing in their real life that they want to do. That's cool. Um, yeah. So. A healthy workplace. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying. And, I'm really trying. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it's only a few months in, four months in, um, but have you started to thank you and Ben of like, what's next? If you want to have multiple loaf lounges you know, if you want to do different concepts, stuff like that. I think, I mean, I'm, we're always open to anything. You never know what might come around the corner. Um, but we really just want to have one restaurant. Like our goal was to have one place that he and I worked at all the time that was um, neighborhood centric. And we just want to, I don't know, we want to just one spot. Like I, I think that there's a lot to be said about restaurant groups and there's a lot of good from having a couple of restaurants that can be very fulfilling, but I it's hard to focus and give many restaurants the love that you want to give one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we would rather just do the one. Cool. We'll quote you in five years when you have like 20 restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool, cool. I think we're uh, ready for the lightning round, the gratuity round. The gratuity round. Bring right. it on. Take a sip of your LaCroix. Yeah. This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic. From fine dining to a corner cafe, they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com. What's your death row meal? <sighs> seafood tower yes. dirty martini yes wedge salad that's great from anywhere in particular and a and steak, a steak. Uh, wow. what kind no. of steak i honestly don't even know i was raised vegetarian i'm such a bad meat eater i'm like ben what steak do i want <laughs> ben how do i like <laughs> how the steak long cooked? were you veg for uh, so i was raised vegetarian i started eating meat like kind of on and off like turkey chicken fish probably when i was like 
18-ish, mm-hmm. um, went back to vegetarian, and then went back, and then I was like fully eating meat when I moved to Chicago. So I didn't have a burger until I moved to Chicago. I think you have to to sign a lease in Chicago. Yeah, Kuma's Corner was where I ate my first burger. Wow, the original one. Yep. On Belmont. Mm -hmm. There was only one then. Yeah. Yeah. How many are there now? Uh, there's three. Yeah, because there's the one. There's the one by IKEA. Hmm. What? Because they signed the lease because it had a six. It had a six 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 address. Oh. (laughs) And so they're just like, can't pass on that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Then there was is the West Loop. And then there's West Loop. I think so. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, Kuma's Corner was like the burger spot for a yeah. long time. Yeah, because yeah, I remember there's, I... There's four. There's oh. one in Indianapolis, one in the West Loop, one in Schaumburg, and one on Belmont. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I went in for a couple times and had the veggie burger, and then I was like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to eat meat. <laughs> Gotta go for it. Wow. Cool. All right. What's your favorite hidden gem restaurant? Loaf Lounge. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, I feel like it's not really a hidden gem. Like, I feel like it gets talked about frequently, but um, Vietnam Cafe is probably, like, hmm. um, my. it's definitely our favorite Vietnamese place. Where is it? It's on, it's, like, off of Argyle. Okay. Um, and hmm. it has, like, three names. Like, it's Vietnam Cafe, Vietnam Nahang. Oh, and Nahang. Then, yeah. Okay, yeah, that place is awesome. Okay. And it, then it, I think it just has, says Vietnam Restaurant on the front of it. So it's, like, I've heard it called, like, four different things. Yeah. But that place is... Yeah, that's awesome. The crispy and, rice crepe is okay. Crispy very, very rice good. crepe. That's a do not miss. Yeah, that cool. is incredible. Mahong is sweet. That's a good tip. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your favorite fast food? Taco Bell. Yes. <laughs> and there's one right by our house. Oh, <laughs> there is. One and when right we have a, a stress oh, day, yeah. Ben will be like, "Do you want anything from the world?" I'm like, "No, I'm fine." He's like, "Taco <laughs> Taco Bell. Do you want?" Wait, what's the world? <laughs> we, oh, that's just what we say oh. when, like, when one of us is running errands okay, or like, like out if we're in out the in the car, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. just like, oh, do you need anything from out in the world? Oh, I love that. I like that. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna adopt that. anything yeah. from the world. <laughs> that's good. And what's the order at Taco Bell? Um, I get spicy potato soft taco, cheesy gordita crunch with beans instead of beef, um, and then usually like a bean burrito or something. Hmm. Any sauce with that? I get mild. I am weak and I can't have the hot sauce, but like the mild has a good flavor. So I, like I tons agree. Of that. I, it's not about like the heat level for me. I think the mild flavor is delicious. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite spirit? Uh, I would say vodka so I can have martinis, but if I'm ordering like cocktails and stuff, probably bourbon. Bourbon. Okay. Cool. No gin martini? No. I mean, they're good, but they don't, like, yeah, she, she do it for me wants, the way. You know? Yeah. No, it wasn't a criticism. It was curiosity. <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> uh, Danny, did you have a follow-up question on that? Uh, a bourbon no, cocktail? I mean, yeah. yeah, bourbon cocktails is, like, generally kind of like a stirred sipper or something that, uh, <clears throat> or, like, a shaken and refreshing. Uh, usually a stirred sipper. Okay, cool. Stirred sipper. Good nice. answer. Any kind of flavor profile notes, things you hate, things you love? I usually do something that's like, it feels kind of like old-fashioned or old-fashioned riff. Adjacent. Yeah. Um, but pretty flexible. I've had like some bourbon rhubarb things that I've liked a lot. Hmm. Um, but All right, that's... I kind of just don't really know very much about cocktails and I... I go someplace and I'm like, these people know what they're doing. I'm You're just like, gonna... I'll take this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fake it till you make I, it, right? I have Andy? no allergies, <laughs> so I'm just like, this is fine. Great. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> All right. What trivia category would you dominate? Optics. Optics? Yeah. I used to work at the eye doctor's office. Oh, that's right. Mm. Um, so I have a lot of weird, like, 
uh, eyewear and optical knowledge just huh. kicking around. And sometimes I say something like, what are you talking about? And you're like, well, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, don't question <laughs> don't me. Don't question me. Yeah. Can you drop some knowledge on us? Uh, no, it's way too boring. But okay. like, I'll just like randomly, like people will be cleaning their glasses with um, like paper towels and dry wiping them. And oh, I'm like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. And they're like, what? Why? And the paper towels have little, they're made of wood. So there's like little tiny wood fibers in there. And basically if you wipe the lens dry, it's depositing wood particles on there. And then you're just rubbing them around and you're creating uh, like dents in the lens. And then you're enhancing any like dents that are in there. Hmm. So you want to at least get them wet and then wipe them with a microfiber cloth. That's a great oh. tip. I live by one rule. On your face or in the case. See, you get it. And there's a secondary rule. If you hang it on your shirt, it's going to fall in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I think I came Those with a few more. But <laughs> 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 All right, moving on. If you could order just one thing at Loaf Lounge, what's the one order? You got an out-of-towner coming in. They're like, hey, this is my one shot to eat here. What should I not miss? Thinking pensively. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would say the sausage breakfast sandwich. But then I'm also going to go back and change my favorite thing that Ben makes to the California veggie sandwich because hmm. I forgot about it and it's really delicious. But what's the California veggie sandwich? It's the men the one thing I made him put on the menu, basically. Because I'm like, <laughs> in California, you go to like any grocery store and they all have delis and there's just yeah. like a standard like veggie sandwich. And it's always like sourdough, mayo, mustard, some kind of white cheese, sprouts, avocado, lettuce, tomato, red onions um that sounds great and it's great yeah and that was like my childhood like everywhere order yeah um so i was one. like let's put that up the onions are key <laughs> nice. to me yeah. on that construction yeah are there any secret menu items that we should know about apple fritters uh future apple fritters um the hash brown isn't a secret but i feel like a lot of people sleep on it and it's really good yeah um it deserves like the kasama treatment where you like put it in your sandwich all right so it's that's really that's a secret item yeah. to i had know that, that you could do that i had their breakfast sandwich for breakfast this morning and i got the hash brown on the side yeah i'm I was feeling defiant <laughs> i'm like you <laughs> no. i i don't yeah i don't need it on there i guess yeah oh yeah we've had a conversation about yeah, it Yeah, we have i don't yeah. need it on there but like i like it as an option yeah that's cool do you put a hash brown on your mcmuffin Oh, my sausage muffin? No. Yeah. I do sometimes. Like, I am still have, like, weird, like, <laughs> Never thought about meat yeah. feelings. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want meat on this food. Yeah. So then I get the I mean, hash your brown Taco Bell order, instead. you... Yeah, I don't get meat at Taco you Bell. You deleted... You did the meat deletion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So did Eric Frankel, didn't he? Meat deletion. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was the name of his punk band growing up. Uh, yeah, meat deletion. Band. I got all yeah. their merch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. To what do you attribute your success? I feel like answering this question is really lame. It's a trap. It is yeah. a trap. Um, I don't know. I was raised by good parents who love me and taught me how to work hard. Yeah, hard work. <laughs> that's always a, a key component. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I failed and then I was like, that sucked. And then I did it again. Yeah. My whole life. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Like that's how you grow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And the last question. What is something that bars or restaurants do that might annoy you? We talked about this at Loaf Lounge, and so this is like key, like fresh in my brain. I hate when you go someplace and they act like you don't belong there. Mm. Like when, like, I had some friends growing up that like they all worked at this record store, and I was welcome there, and like I was cool there because like my friends worked there. Mm -hmm. But then other people would come in and they'd be like, Yeah. <sighs> 
That's a very record store. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, I hate when I go to a restaurant and I feel like I'm going into someone else's record store and I'm like, yeah, you literally exist for me to give you money, money for your, for your product. Yeah. Like we can be nice. Like we don't have to, it doesn't have to be weird, but like basically you exist for me to give you money. Yeah. Like, I know. It's so strange. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. How, how do you combat that at your restaurant? I tell people that I don't want them <laughs> to walk in here Man. and feel like they walk to a record store. And don't belong <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I just tell everyone that it's like a neighborhood cafe and people should feel welcomed and they don't have to know everyone's name and memorize their order. And it doesn't have to be that intense, but like yeah. greeting people and being friendly and like knowing that there's a difference between like saying no or like asking Ben and I if like a modification can be made and, um, like sometimes the answer is no, but like you can say everything nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. Just kind of trying to instill that in people, and most of our staff is really nice, so it hasn't been hard to to get them to behave that way. But yeah, we've had very nice experiences when my wife has forgotten to uh, ask for the egg to be over hard on her breakfast sandwich. <laughs> She'll oh, be yeah. able to like be like, here's a sandwich. But oh, I forgot. Ellie can't do a runny yolk. She can't. I mean, but that's fine. Been, you've that's, been very accommodating. That's probably why, like, every so often, like a mystery sandwich will come back and be like, oh, this was like an extra, and then we like take it back and yeah. we eat it. It's so. just Ellie. She Thank knows her. you're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> She's ordering prank I'll sandwiches. Order two. One for the garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one trash and sandwich. One with a solid yolk. <laughs> Are you remaking the entire thing? Uh, yeah. That's. Uh, I feel even worse now. I mean, you shouldn't. I, me and my team are eating it. All right, that's still <laughs> classic. Wow, that's how many, a, how many times has this happened? Twice. Okay. But there's others like Fool her. me once. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, I mean, I think most of the time that you order an egg sandwich somewhere, it's going to have a runny yolk. Well, we're going to get yeah. Ellie on the pod, and we're going to ask her what the hell's yeah. going on. <laughs> no, she just can't have a runny yolk, man. Yeah. Textural. All right, All right well. Uh, well, that was our that last was a, question, that so was that's a perfect a note. Well. <laughs> 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 Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, yeah thank thanks you for, for being here. And that concludes our conversation with Sarah Miss Bagel Lustbader. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Joiners Pod for weekly cocktails inspired by our guests, as well as throwback photos on Thursdays. This episode was produced by Matt Haddock, music by Captain Cuts. And if you have any questions at all, comments or whatever, feel free to reach out yeah. to us and guests that you want to see on the show. Yeah. Let us or know. Or just, just write us to rip us a new one. We yeah. need to hear it. Take us down a peg. Yeah, to tell Tim that my voice always sounds like this. <laughs> Stop. Merriam-Webster dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Word of the year. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. See you next week.